0: This is the one with a maiden fair of face and sturdy of body.
1: Craven gutted curds. A dung head. A knees up. And Italian hamlets. It's called the Mask of Mandragora. Here, Here we go.
0: go. We're embarking on a voyage all through time and all through space. Counting Daleks, Dalen, boot, and the Cybertronic race. Ontarians look like taters and Silurians all have wonky scales. And the Doctor has a TARDIS. We're reviewing all his tales and
1: reviewing all of who there
0: is who back when and subscribe and red or night use please episode by episode we're trudging down this tempo road. come join us on this ssey what other choice could there be that? Who
2: back, when?
0: Who back when
1: hello kind gentle people of podcast land welcome to another episode of who back when a doctor who podcast or doc past indeed that lovely voice you heard there was Leon.
0: oh that it was me yeah. Hello.
1: and this lovely voice here is Jim. Hello, Jim. Oh, yeah. And what are we... (laughs) It's on airplane mode, is it? (laughs) Yeah, it
0: is on airplane mode, but it's still picking up Wi-Fi. I'm sorry. (laughs) Good start. Good start.
1: And we are here today to talk about
0: the mask of Mandragora. 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 Following the rings of a curtain, the mask of Mandragora. Yeah, you know what I'm getting at.
1: Yeah. No, I did not know how to say this. And I'm probably going to say it about five different ways throughout this episode. So. Yeah.
0: Hey. Apologies in the balance, everyone.
1: <laughs> or just join us and we're just going to lean into it. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. Call in.
1: <laughs> oh, by the way, this is C086, if you care.
0: So a pseudo historical. Yeah. We haven't had a pseudo historical in quite a while. Yeah, I didn't miss it. No, really? Well, I don't know. I'm trying to think, is the last one we did The Time Warrior? Was it? I don't know actually, maybe it was. It certainly feels like it's been a long time since the last time. We've had a lot of space. We have had a lot of space. A lot we've of had stations. We've had little bit little bits of Earth. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Uh, a pyramid
1: of Mars, I suppose.
0: Okay. And you hinted before we pressed record at not being overly thrilled by that fact.
1: Yeah, I, I felt like this was a bait and switch. I was thinking <laughs> lovely sci fi spacey one. Uh Uh-huh. And then, no, we were in Renaissance Italy. No.
0: But it's Italy. La bella Italia. La dolce vita.
1: (laughs) Well, apparently it's actually Port Mirion, but hey.
0: (laughs) Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Oh, anyway, okay, shall we get into what this is about and summarize that? We, We should
1: give people a summary, really, shouldn't we?
0: Let's do that. Time for us to synopsize. Slubify and summarize. So take a view and, and grab a brew. And listen hand to hand this overview. This free-for-all. We like to call a bite sized Chunk of Who. bite sized so Chunk of Who. While showing Sarah Jane Smith around his brand new Newberry Box TARDIS, fully equipped with winding corridors, boot cupboard, and a wood-paneled second control room, the fourth Doctor pulls up the view screen. And, lo and behold... Right there is the Mandragora helix. A mysterious spatial energy swirl, the helix sucks them in and transports them through time to Renaissance Italy.
1: Their Italian hamlet, Giuliano, has just lost his father, the Duke of San Martino, to a strange and unexplained sudden death, allegedly foretold by Hieronymus, the court astrologist and lackey of Giuliano's uncle Federico, a.k.a. Italian Claudius.
0: Federico is a pretty awful chap who's plotting to usurp the throne when he's not killing peasants. In fact, he murdered his own brother to gain the dukedom for himself and enlisted Hieronymus to provide him with an alibi.
1: Hieronymus himself, meanwhile, transpires to be a high priest of the cult of Demnos, who's beset by Mandragora <laughs> to take over the world, and whose fellow acolytes are preparing to ritualistically sacrifice Sarah Jane Smith. And to top it off, Federico's soldiers are about to behead the doctor. If only they could escape somehow and join forces with Giuliano to out the traitorous uncle, undo the Helix energy, and save the day.
0: B-scow over. over, you, you are, are welcome. welcome. Aren't you just? Longest B-scow to date, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, thanks for that. Making me say all these words after <laughs> homemade vodka. Hey, allegedly, Alleg- allegedly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> chin chin. Cheers. <laughs> Do you uh, want to start us off with a question of some sort, maybe?
1: I don't know if I have a big question.
0: A maybe, little one? Maybe a little
1: question. Oh, okay. As, as your superior knowledge of TARDIS is. Oh, I don't know. This old TARDIS console, yes. as it's uh, described. Oh, yes. Which, the wood-panelled one. Yeah. Is it, in fact, a new TARDIS console, or have we seen this before?
0: It is a new TARDIS console.
1: Okay. That's uh, what I suspected.
0: Yeah, we've not seen that before. I think the idea behind it is beautiful. I, th- I think it's a gorgeous concept, but it, not it fails a little bit in execution, doesn't it?
1: What with the um, little razor mirror as the only <laughs> thing in the middle of the console. Perhaps, you know, that kind of thing.
0: But isn't it nice to have this sort of old timey wood paneled thing? It, I think it's a nice idea. It just, it doesn't, it's too low budget, maybe.
1: Yeah, I think that's the thing. It, you can tell it's not real wood for a start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just not done with...
0: It the feels like an taste. old ship.
1: Kind of, but... As in a not, naval vessel. You know? Not as well done and tasteful.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You've seen the Paul McGann movie, the Doctor Who movie.
1: I have, but not for a very, very long time.
0: That has a gorgeous TARDIS console. A, a very old-timey, but beautiful, steampunky, meets maybe Edwardian aesthetic values okay. console. And this feels like the low-budget, homemade fan film version of that console
1: (laughs) whereas reality is that they probably were inspired by this console to do the film yeah
0: (laughs) very very possible
1: i wouldn't be upset if we didn't see this console again i think
0: we see it for a while i think yeah yeah i'm
1: I'm... this is this is it now this is this is the go-to console
0: i'm not 100 percent sure but i think that might be the case in fact yeah what I am doing now, though, is I'm looking up the Tardis exterior. I want to find a comparison of the two. I, it's really, it's surprisingly difficult to find just a side by side comparison on um, just on Google. You know what? Go to whoback1.com. I will have made one, and you can you can compare the new Tardises or the the new Newberry box to the old Burcharky one. But how do you feel about the interior? I mean, we start this episode by going around, but we don't just see the console room. We see corridors and swing doors and the boot cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> it feels much bigger now than it's ever done before. It did. And
1: I loved it. Great, right? Yeah. I, I like the idea that. It's not just this one room because it's more impressive. Like, yeah. okay, it's pretty impressive that you've got a room in the space of a phone box, but to have a series of rooms in the space of a phone box is more impressive.
0: And Sarah Jane has traveled around with the Doctor in this TARDIS for a while now to think that there are rooms, that there are parts of the interior that she has never seen before. Yeah. It makes it seem even larger in scope.
1: I, I like the idea as well that they walk from console to console and then he goes out the front door from a different, different console room. Like. Yeah, true. Originally when I was watching it, I was like, oh hang on, he can't walk out the front door.
0: I hadn't thought about that. That's super duper true.
1: But yeah, it's playing up with the, the TARDIS is its own weird dimension to itself.
0: Yeah, space means space is all relative in there. Yeah. Oh that's, and that's so cool. And I and hadn't thought about yeah, that. Yeah,
1: that's that's super interesting and more of that. More of that stuff. Yes, and, absolutely. And then they that. they step outside. Into what looks like space, yeah, <laughs> and they're walking around. It's like, what is this shit? Like, I was, I was so kind of like, oh, this is going to be an amazing serial. Like, what's going on here? Is this, this helix thing is is going to cause them all sorts of problems, which it does, obviously. Um, yeah, we, but all all in a sci-fi spacey way.
0: They but- could have spent a little bit more time on the spacey wacy stuff, right? Yeah, because it's. All the- to, have, to show the helix in the first place, and the, quite frankly, gorgeous, like the crystalline tunnel thing that they go through, the, oh, yeah, the rings yeah. of crystals, and step out and then, voom, they're transported to Italy. They didn't need that at all. They could, have, they could have just started with them stumbling out of the TARDIS in Renaissance Italy and go, oh my goodness, some, something took us over yeah. and sent us here. Those initial, like, t- five to ten minutes are entirely superfluous, really.
1: Yeah, it's a fair point, actually. But this this is where I feel like it's debate and switch. Like, I see. Maybe, maybe I would be more receptive to the Italian stuff if that's just where we started. It's like, you know from the get-go, okay, this is a pseudo-historical thing. I know what I'm getting. Okay. okay. But I, I thought I was getting sci-fi. I thought I was getting space.
0: You were seeing the uh, toilet flush space helix and uh, thinking, wow. Yeah. <laughs> more of this, please. And
1: there was a little trippy effect for just when they were moving around in the TARDIS as well, and everything was kind of warping,
0: like on their voices were I echoed can't... in some way, right?
1: Like, yeah, but it say... was a visual thing as well. Oh, really? I, I think that. I think before they landed, as they were going through, like you'd see the outside shot of the swirls and stuff, yeah, and then it would cut to them inside, and it would be basically like a little warpy effect on the on the screen, like not, oh, okay, nothing clever going on. It's just. A,
0: I may have looked but, away at exactly that moment. But I think. I think there was a couple of little tricks in this this serial
1: that kind of I hadn't seen so far in classic who I hadn't noted anyway. And I thought, oh, yeah, this this is going to be a good high production one. And they're going to try some new stuff out. And I don't know. It's just just all of this kind of piled on, piled on. And then it's like, oh, we're in Renaissance Italy on Earth. Oh, that that dude's some duke. That's that's some count. Oh, I'm so sorry that you disliked that. This is some (laughs) soothsayer. All right. okay, Kind of done this one. Oh,
0: (laughs) I'm sorry that you didn't like that, part. I think this is going to be good fodder for a hardcore debate, because I really liked the fact that we were in a pseudo-historical setting. Okay, I love the idea of finally visiting Renaissance Italy. Why have we not done that before? Thank goodness we do so now. I would have liked to have more of that, though. I mean, this ended up being, in very many ways, a bastardization of... Hamlet. You have the guy whose dad has been murdered by the uncle who's trying to take over the throne. The only person in his way is now young Hamlet, yada, yada, yada. And it's being ham-fistedly, like, there's a collision between that and... Maybe The Daemons or maybe some other cultish serial we've reviewed in the past. Wait, what am I saying? Am I arguing against myself? (laughs) No, I love the setting. The production value was fantastic. The location is great. People who are listening to us may have looked this up online already or may already be aware. This is the the location made famous, I think, probably made famous by The Prisoner um, being recorded there. And Port Mera, I didn't realize this. I had to look this up, but it was designed in a way to look like an Italian village. So it uh, that fits perfectly as well. Yeah. The masks were fantastic. The mm, clothes were fantastic.
1: Not quite sure about the masks. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I really like
0: them. Oh.
1: Sorry, have, I, have uh, I
0: set the tone too low? I may just have shot my wad. <laughs> those are all the things you loved. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> that, that 3%.
1: <laughs> I just kind of felt, I, I, I can never escape the feeling. Which Uh it might have just been because I was was in the wrong mood. I felt like I'd been betrayed from the start. Okay. Maybe I didn't didn't give it the benefit of the doubt after that. I just felt like we've done all this before. We may not have done it exactly in this setting. Like you say, this is basically the plot of Hamlet. I'm pretty sure we've probably had similar things, even in Doctor Who, with usurpers and...
0: We have, yeah. You
1: know, it's it may not be an uncle and like the whole killing Pela- his brother and the stuff. The whole but
0: Peladon story is pretty much that as well, isn't it?
1: Even with that, like, we've definitely had plenty of ones where there's a castle above and a catacomb or a labyrinth or Certainly, a dungeon yes. or a prison below where it's split plot. Between, yeah, that's very yeah. true. That, like, is very that true. happens all over the place.
0: Yeah. We very recently had a cult as well with the Sister yeah. of Khan.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, and... Yeah, no, I I mean, I see what you're saying, but in this era where every single thing we see on TV and every single thing we see in the cinema is basically a rehash of the previous thing we saw, but it's redressed and it has just maybe some new contextual information, I think this works and I'm happy for it to be so. Okay. Speaking of being shafted from the get-go, here's a question for you: the title of this episode or of the serial? Yeah. The mask of Mandragora or Mandragora? Tag now <laughs> Mandragora. Mandragora. The mask is the masquerade the ball, at yeah. the very end. Yeah. This is a four-part serial. That does not show up until part four, and it only takes place over the course of maybe like five minutes of screen time.
1: I think that might be generous, actually. It,
0: yeah, you're, you're probably right. It probably is less than five minutes, and it has nothing to do with the Mandragora helix. So it's not the mask of Mandragora. Oh, yeah. Is it meant to be some sort of pun on the masks that they wear?
1: Well, that's what I thought. I thought it was play on mask being spelt differently, but it could mean the other spelling as well. Okay. Which I think is the only thing that makes even the vaguest amount of sense. (laughs) Because even though I would argue it is a plot point to do with the Mandragora, Mm -hmm. it's a shitty plot point. (laughs) Because, the Masquerade Bull. Yeah. Yeah. Because... I agree. The whole plot for the Mandragora is shitty. This is an entity that we've seen exists out in the depths of space. We we have no idea really where. Yeah. But, you know, that looked pretty alien, pl- pretty remote. And it sent a signal of energy or something to Earth yeah. to control someone.
0: To this one place, San Martino, which might be San Marino. We don't know. But <laughs> it's called San Martino.
1: Yeah. To slowly... It's bloody Nessie again. To to wipe out some people.
0: Oh, you're so right. It is Nessie.
1: (laughs) And then, ergo, the future of Earth changes and... Yeah.
0: Because mankind's ability to spread across space over the course of millennia was all dictated by this one group of people in Renaissance Italy meeting once. (laughs) Obviously. Um, Stopping this one party (laughs) and killing this handful of people including Leonardo da Vinci is is among them. We never get to meet him. Allegedly. Yeah, Yeah, allegedly. (laughs) Killing those people will prevent the further development, technological development of mankind.
1: Yes, to the point where the doc says that we'll just turn into sheep, I think, is the phrase he uses. I'm not buying
0: it. I think the idea is the people there, they are of such political and scientific caliber, that taking them out of the equation will make mankind more easily subjugated right then and there. It's not a question of, hey, if we kill the Doge of Venice, then humans will never invent space travel. It's, if we kill the Doge of Venice, we will more easily take over northern Italy, apparently, and then we will be able to more easily spread across Europe and the world, and, and that's it. But why? What What does... so? For a start, what is the
1: Helix versus the Mandragora? Or are they just think the one of the same?
0: I think the Mandragora Helix I is, think is that's, the thing. It's the thing. It's like a sentient toilet flush. The effect is beautiful. <laughs> and uh, I'm assuming that when this episode aired in Australia, they had to reverse the direction of the Mandragora Helix or people would just not buy it. But the... It's <laughs> it, apparently bollocks, actually. <laughs> it's not bo- Is it really?
1: Yeah, it just goes whichever way you tell it to go. Wait. There's, there's no... I don't know. I've not read enough about it to... Okay, we well, need have a conversation that. about this later on.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's this sentient space energy that is capable of, of time travel.
1: Again, it doesn't have necessarily have to be time travel. Oh, you mean... We, it, we could have been in the 15th century when they were out in space.
0: But it's aware but, of the future of no, that, no,
1: okay. No, you're right. So yeah. it's...
0: Even if it can't travel through time, then it can see through time. Yeah, it may as well have
1: yeah. been time travel. Yeah. Fair point.
0: Okay. Has it only sent a teeny tiny bit of its energy back in time, or to Italy? Or is that ball of energy that we see, is that... No, wait, it is just a part of the healing. It's
1: just, yeah, because at the end, the Doctor says it'll be back in 500 years or so.
0: Yeah, that's not future-proofing this at all, by the way. 500 years is, like, now.
1: (laughs) Well, the way Sarah Jane reacted, because I think this is meant to be set in 1492, Mm. and he says around 500 years. Oh, yeah. So I think Sarah Jane is thinking, oh, when we get back to my present day in 1980... The Mandragora Helix is going to be... Yeah, it's just going to pop up again. Great. Thanks, Doc. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And I don't know if that's true. I don't know if this is going to come back uh, in the future.
0: Let's have a look and see. I doubt that the Helix shows up in another TV serial, but I assume that there are audiobooks. Okay, so it so far has appeared in... Three comic books, or three comics, Darkness Falling, Distractions, and The Mark of Mandragora, or Mandragora. It has turned up in two novels, The Eleventh Tiger and Beautiful Chaos, and exactly one TV serial, namely this one. Wow. Yeah.
1: So they they milked it, but didn't think it was good enough to bring back properly. Next audiobook.
0: (laughs) Should we take it over a universe?
1: That's the thing, or a galaxy. I just I'm getting tired of this with classic. Who's in particular? The terry nationism of it's just the yeah. scale of of threat is just it's all over the place. Yeah, it's like why is this thing attacking wanting to get over take over the world? You know why aren't Zygons just trying to escape or bringing in their fleet to <laughs> wipe everything out? I don't know. It's just very weird levels of domination and invasion. It's just yeah. not not a lot of motivation that matches what we're seeing i think that's true that's true
0: but this is pretty standard fare for not just doctor who but for tons of sci-fi and for quite frankly all the superhero nonsense that we're going through uh, nowadays yeah but we're not doing a podcast, podcast the bad guys just want to take over the world that's this has happened in so many doctor who serials yeah, before.
1: i know i think i was just
0: a bit grumpy and i'm not letting it slide that's fine <laughs> So the chap who wrote this, Lewis Marx, I just mentioned Terranation, but Terranation didn't write this, Louis Marx did, and he has written three serials before he's written Planet of Giants, where the TARDIS gets shrunken, Ooh. Um, which is great, Day of the Daleks, which I think is pretty good, <laughs> Planet of Evil, which we reviewed, which we reviewed, and remember very well... <laughs> When they're all just something of something It's hard to make them stick in my head Oh, Planet of Evil Planet of Evil is the one with Uh, Disco
1: Werewolf, part two
0: Exactly, and Predator Admiral Akbar, And then this Planet of Evil was great Yeah, that was
1: pretty fun Right?
0: You gave that 4.4 Yeah I gave that 4.1 Lewis Marx may also have shot his load (laughs) (laughs) Shall we talk cast? Okay Hamlet and his buddy Marco Starting with the good guys How do you feel about them?
1: I actually, I think I liked pretty much all of the cast. Oh, yeah? A lot. All right. I actually liked m- pretty much all the poems. I thought, I'll, st- I'll st- stick to the question. Okay. Um, Giuliano, I super loved. I thought he was, is that the right name? It is, yeah. Yeah. I thought he had a wonderful portrayal. I think he came across exactly as that character should be, where he's he's a little bit out of his depth, but wanting to do stuff. And this this kind of man of science and, you know, trying to understand things.
0: Yeah, there's a benevolence to him as
1: well. Yeah. Um and I think Marco came off as the right kind of level of supportive but also having his own morality and questioning stuff. Yeah,
0: I I liked both of them. Did you recognise Marco? I didn't. He is played by Tim Piggott Smith. I wrote it first. I recognized that ginger dude, Marco. Then looked up what his name is And Tim Piggott Smith has been in tons of stuff And when you see a picture of him as an adult You'll go,
1: it's that dude I do sort of recognise him as an adult But I I don't really recognise him from the things he's listed for
0: Oh wait, V for Vendetta So many police roles on his IMDb page Yeah, I think it's probably
1: only V for Vendetta I really know him from
0: what about the bad guys, Federico and what's his general called or colonel or whatever it is? Rossini. Ro- Rossini. I thought they were fantastic. I thought Federico was not quite, but almost Alan Rickman level in Prince of Thieves. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't it
1: Alan Rickman. It wasn't that over the top, as wonderful as that performance is by Alan Rickman. Yeah. You know, it it wasn't that, but I I kind of know what you mean. He was that. He's he's not just a straight evil character. He's just someone that wants to do some evil shit
0: yeah he's a total sadist who's slightly too ambitious for the size of his dagger
1: <laughs> yeah no i i liked him rossini i don't know he, he wasn't in that a lot to be honest i don't think i really really focused on him whenever he was on screen it was just like okay you're you're a guy who's delivering this line so
0: someone else can do stuff fair enough okay <laughs> sorry uh anthony carrick <laughs> <laughs> the chap who really steals the show though is hieronymus right
1: yeah, and I can't decide if... I think mostly I didn't like him. But okay. part of me really liked
0: him. <laughs> is it because he overacts? Yeah.
1: Like crazy. Like crazy. He has a fantastic beard. But he he does deliver his lines in a wonderfully dramatic fashion. It's over the top, yeah. and every single line is delivered in that
0: dramatic, oh, dramatic fashion.
1: But, he, he, you know, he can carry that off. What did you think?
0: I thought he was brilliant. I bought him as a crazy... Zealots who didn't realize that he wanted to dominate the earth until his demon god, quote-unquote, offered it to him. Yeah. Like, all he wanted was to to praise this Demnos. Demnos goes, you can be king of the world. He goes, oh my god, I really want to be king of the world. Isn't that going to be amazing? (laughs) Yet he continues to, you know, polish the boots of his lord. I thought he was really good. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I, I, I don't know. See, Maybe, maybe I was
1: starting to like more of this as, as I think about it. Cause, okay. But I think most of it is that I, I can't decide if I like it. Because <laughs> I think you know, there's a scene where um, Federico is coming to see Horonimus, I think, for the second time after Horonimus has got superpowers without, he just without really knowing that. He
0: just walks into his room without knocking. Yeah, that and, scene.
1: and I think Horonimus says something like, uh, excuse me for not getting up, for not rising or for not getting up. And Count Federico just... Pulls a dagger at him or something. Yeah, just totally, just says you. You think you're higher than me? You yeah. stand in my presence? You do what I want and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, but I just, I just didn't understand why Hieronymus had that. Like, excuse, uh, pol- excuse me for not getting up. Like, if you think you're above someone, you don't apologize for not getting up. You just
0: don't get up. But he's saying that to really throw it in his face, right? Right. I mean, yeah, he's going, like, oh, what? Well, excuse me, or the hell? <laughs> but that's not how it's delivered. It's not delivered with sass. <laughs> Okay, he's not doing it with sass. He's doing it... He is trying to out Alan Rickman Federico. (laughs) And Federico just... Okay, I made a note of... I literally only wrote down one line. And it was one of Federico's, and it might be from that scene. This is in part three. You can no more tell the stars than you can tell my chamber pot. (laughs) (laughs) which is such an Alan Rickman line. I thought he really, really pulled it off. Later on, when he is like just all out venomously trying to, to yeah. murder or subjugate, because
1: that's the level he had been at for the entire serial <laughs> up to that point, and now he's hit it. He's he's yeah. got a reason to
0: be that exactly. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about his needle plot here, Sarah Jane? Take this needle and scratch your body. <laughs> uh, it was a bit weak. Do you think it would have been better, a stronger subplot, if Sarah Jane had not, had actually just scratched him surreptitiously? rather than wait until he can tell that she is under the influence of Hieronymus and then try to stab him with the needle.
1: Well, this seems to be what she was trying to do. And then she gave up within about two minutes.
0: Yeah. Here, lift me up, doctor. Yeah. Right. And then does nothing with it. Nothing and then there was
1: Well, because the Giuliano, I think, or some, whoever it was with them, steps in and lifts her up instead. And she looks kind of like, oh, darn it. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. And then I think there's another opportunity where she's... She's she kind of walking, trying to walk. What, sorry?
0: Pat him on the back. Yeah. Do anything.
1: Yeah, it's not like she can't just walk next to the doctor. Like, they have a relationship. Yeah. Like, they've travelled together. Like, she's meant to be near the doctor, which is not for most of his bloody <laughs> cereal. Which That's is true. another big problem I have with it. That is true. Okay. I, th- I don't know how quickly, though, she fighted against the hypnosis when the doc finally confronts her, maybe she's not that willing to do it in the first place. Maybe that's the point. I don't oh, know. do you think so? Only now am I trying, trying to retro-rewrite something. I
0: think you are. <laughs> I got the impression that the doctor somehow snaps her out of it. Possibly by hurting her, because he grabs her by the arm, or by the wrist, and I think he hurts her, he squeezes it, or maybe he twists it, and that pain is enough to take her out of the trance. No, oh, you think? I, well, that, maybe I'm now trying to retro-rewrite, I don't know, but... That was the impression I got So I wondered
1: if it was meant to be The Doc has hypnotic powers Because we've seen We have seen that do things like that before yeah, we have Yeah
0: We don't see any of Of his hypnotic powers But we do get Some of the Pertwee-esque Action hero Stunt magnificence Of the Doctor in this one Which
1: I feel like we just have to stop Referring to this as Pertwee-esque Because it's not It's not It's Baker-esque no, It is Baker-esque You're absolutely we've right We've seen this enough now This is just what he does
0: yeah, in Seeds of Doom, just uh, the last time. Last time? Yeah. He was jumping through windows and pulling guns on people and whatever. Here he grabs a sword. He He's like zoroing all over the place on horseback.
1: Yeah. He's not particularly good at it, though.
0: No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. He, he has his moments, but I feel like um, Giuliani. Giul- Giuliano. Giuliano. Giuliano <laughs> uh, is a definite better sword than he is oh definitely yeah Yeah, because he's Giuliano's he holds off like six people at once yeah <laughs> and then gets a little bit of a, a cut and backs out and the doc tries to step in and then I think gives the monks
0: up. show up and save the day basically yeah. yeah but
1: I think the doc was about to get stabbed about 20 times That's in, also very, very quickly
0: <laughs> we do get a doc versus monk scene in the very very beginning though where he I, I'm gonna call that he pertwees one of the monks because he you know judo flips him oh yeah or Aikido, Venusian Aikido flips one of the monks.
1: But again, he then confronts the other two and gets smacked on the
0: back of the head. That's yeah, that is true. Damn it, you got an argument for everything, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But maybe this, to-
1: is, maybe this is the difference. Like he does go in for the physical stuff, but he doesn't succeed. But he doesn't win. Whereas I guess Percy would have always succeeded.
0: Yeah, and then some damsel would have just patted his cape while the bulge in his trousers just <laughs> pulsated on screen. <laughs>
1: That's where the effects budget, went. they?
0: <laughs> <laughs> All practical. <laughs> what about Demnos? Demnos is the demon god that Hieronymus and his, his buddies worship. And have yeah. worshipped for quite some time. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, in steps Mandragora. And goes, I'm the demon dude. They see lights and they obviously immediately flock to Mandragora. Does Mandragora name himself? They name him. They name him Mandragora. Oh, right. And Hieronymus says that he had already had sort of impulses from Mandragora as a younger man. Yeah. But his fellow acolytes have never heard of Mandragora. They are there worshipping Demnos. Isn't Mandragora a false idol to them? Or possibly shouldn't they fear the wrath of Demnos? I
1: don't want to get too far into ge- re- to religious stuff. But well, I, I-,
0: I didn't mean it like that. I'm sorry. I didn't. I'm not lending credence to either cult here. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm just trying to
1: not offend anyone when I say, well, if your your beliefs in something you can't test, yeah, suddenly something literally hits you on the head, <laughs> yeah, claiming to be a different thing to believe in. I don't know. Do you, do you not abandon the thing that you've, you've never had concrete proof for and abandon the thing that just hit you on the head? There's a, not I, ab-
0: I think there's a line in one of the episodes. like I, Basically, when the Mandragora helix energy shows up in the temple underground, I'm pretty sure that they say something like, All hail Mandragora and Demnos, of course. <laughs> really?
1: Know. I guess it's kind of telling in a way that they, they're never renamed by anyone. They are still the cult slash brethren of Demnos. That's a very good point until the very end, as far as I am aware. Yeah, I I feel like if they'd really switched allegiances, they would have renamed themselves straight away. Or I'd... that's true. I I I kind of took it to be honest that no one really separated the two.
0: Oh, so Mandragora is Demnos and Demnos is Mandragora.
1: Yeah, I mean, why not? Why no? Why would you fair. not think that there is just two names to the same entity? I I I don't. We'd never really told what Demnos. Is meant to be, I don't think.
0: I think you've actually already nailed it on the head because in most religions, any one entity, like, I mean, any one deity will have multiple names. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's probably a very good point. Okay, all right. Uh, I'm, I'm
1: buying that. Are you buying evil laughter? Disembodied evil laughter that occurs in the helix, it occurs <laughs> in the sacrificial room, whatever you want worship. No.
0: Be? Well, what was that? Yeah, I, no, not at all. That's for the benefit of the, the bipedal ape people that the Helix is trying to sway. But like, why, why do we hear it in space as well? Oh, like, it's dramatic because it's a comic book, basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I was expecting a voice to be attached to it at some point, but it's yeah. not. It, all, it only ever works through Hieronymus. Is that right?
0: Oh, well, wait. no. It, does it speaks talk? to Hieronymus, so we do hear its voice as,
1: as well. No, that is true. Yeah. So, okay, this thing has a voice.
0: It has a voice. It's or sentient. Least, it's... Or it
1: can communicate. Yeah. So it's, it's it's basically a TARDIS, we've we've said. It, c- it can go <laughs> through time and space, and yeah. it can speak to people in, presumably, if it can talk to them in, language. in Italian.
0: Yeah. Oh, it, we need to get back to that as it, well.
1: In 15th century Italian. Yeah, then, that's uh, true. And, it, and, yeah, and the TARDIS can translate it and all that kind of stuff, then...
0: It's a TARDIS. It is a TARDIS. <sighs> okay, well, as far as the laughter is concerned, no, I don't buy it. But it's the good kind of kitsch. Yeah. You know, it's Ming the Merciless laughing, like giving off a belly laugh at how he's vanquished his foes. I think it was... I think it was mostly the timing of it for me. Okay.
1: So it was, it was a little bit of laughter, as, I think, as the TARDIS was leaving the helix. And then there was a little bit of laughter, like the first time we see the light in... The altar room, or something like that. Yeah, but it's it's not done in a creepy, maniacal way. It's just laughter at the end of a scene. Like it's it's not attached to again. It's not attached to motivation and, and meaning. It's just ah, press the laughter button. That'll be, <laughs> this. will work here, lads. Go on, push the
0: push the laughter button. Do you think the Mandragora Helix takes over Hieronymus entirely? Is there any part of Hieronymus left after you know when he when he has a light bulb face? I would kind of assume not, because he has a light bulb face. So that is just the Mandragora Helix. I, I I assumed that. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know how else to interpret that. I don't. I don't know what's meant to have happened to the other acolytes by the end of it, because oh. the doc straight up murders them. Yeah. And like, had they already been killed? Were they already part of? No, I don't think so. Like, I... they they had the lightning ability. Wait, yeah, they did. You're right. So I don't. Like we could say that they had already been taken over by the Mandragora. So. But I think
0: that I don't think that. Okay, so I I'm inclined to say the Mandragora helix sort of merges with, or the helix energy merges with Hieronymus, giving him greater power and and in the process sort of undoing maybe partly undoing both of them. No, they they merge into a new third entity. Yeah, Mandragormus. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> here, here, it's, yeah. Yes, yeah. No, yours is better. The the, the the other ones they've just been touched by the energy a little bit. Yeah. Show us on the doll where you, where the energy touched you, and are now able to shoot lightning from their fingers. Yeah. Do you remember the planet of spiders? Yes. I mean that's where we first saw the lightning effect, right? And I'm pretty sure if you had a spider on your back, you could shoot lightning from your finger.
1: That's true. Yeah, and it was probably the same lightning effect.
0: So now instead of a spider, you have a light bulb, and yeah. you because I
1: I definitely didn't think that all of those acolytes had been turned into light bulb heads.
0: I think the acolytes they're yeah. they're still human beings. It's just that they they like to fire lightning from like they they, they now they have found proof of Demnos slash Mandragora. And now they are all about the, let's kill the people who would otherwise be against Demnos ruling the world. Yeah, so you you have
1: more to say. Well,
0: I was going to say dot or dot, so yeah, Doc straight up murders them. Yeah,
1: that's what I was going to swing back to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because this is how I took it at the time, is that they're still humans, and Doc lures them into a trap where they get melted.
0: I think that neatly bookends this serial, because part one starts with a dude being straight up impaled. I mean, the, the, there's just the, the casual murder of peasants en masse.
2: Yeah. Peasants
0: who are just like, they're just farming in the forest, by the way. Who farms in the forest? There's a dude like collecting hay by a oh, pond. That dude is amazing. <laughs> like, yeah. what, what is he doing? <laughs> I'm just a hay farmer.
1: <laughs> I could only fathom out that he must have dropped the hay. <laughs> Like he must have been running away and and just dropped it and he was collecting it up again. Like there's no <laughs> other reason
0: why that load of hay should just be there. <laughs> no, not at all. So I mean, we we have all these peasants being just casually murdered in vicious ways. We get to see a lot of people being stabbed, cut. One guy just literally gets impaled on a on a sword. Yeah. Um, and then fast forward to the very end of the of the serial. Yeah, the dog. He electrocutes a whole bunch of monks. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like they're they're not nice people, I don't think. No, I, I agree. Well, actually, no, we know bugger all about them. They could be nice people. I don't think they're nice people. They like
0: they're in they a cult, but Yeah, a cult that justifies murdering civilians. The monks didn't do that though. The monks were like, they in they went to the mosque and murdered a whole bunch. They murdered all the entertainers.
1: But that's after they got taken over by, Bob Man,
0: Mandragora. Mandragora, like, yeah, but they were open to the idea. It, it wasn't like they were out in the open going, oh, you know what, we're just... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not super defending them. I'm just saying we don't have a lot of backstory. They were hiding underground and they were known to all as the incredibly dangerous and elusive cult of Demnos. Probably yeah, because they true. murder and sacrifice. Yeah, wait. Although they were ready to sacrifice Sarah Jane. Yeah, the they again. fucking were.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's, take it all back. They're, they're a not bunch okay. of shit shitheads.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no one sacrifices the Doctor's companion and gets no. away with it.
1: Slight t- tangent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go yeah. Yeah. This really impenetrable, scary catacombs yeah. that anyone who wants to go and find the cult of Demnos in this serial, yeah, goes and finds the cult of Demnos Absolutely. in about thirty seconds,
0: with the exception of two soldiers. Who would go? Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, we're not going down there. <laughs> so wait. who who wait. Wait, wait. Who yeah.
1: who say a thou- thousand men would struggle to find anything in those catacombs.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> That's th-
1: weird. Yeah. But the doctor seems to go in and out of there like it's
0: just a supermarket. Well, one of them says that and the other one goes, "Oh, so that means there's a secret passageway. Let's go find it." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> How do you accept that there's just this weird cult? underneath your is, is it underneath the castle i kind of got a feeling it was underneath the castle
0: i mean it's all one italian themed b&b <laughs> so it, it's fine <laughs> or holiday resort not BNB.
1: but you, you're like ruling this place and it, it's, just, it's like okay so we've we've got this tax coming in this week great these farmers have got these complaints okay and this yeah. cult is set up in the catacombs and they're just sacrificing people um okay right yeah we'll just leave
0: them to do that get on with the taxes, okay? I think this is all actually indicative of my biggest beef with the cereal, which is the politics don't work. The peasants are in the forest, <laughs> and they are just randomly getting murdered by the people in charge, and they know that the second they see a soldier they need to run, because otherwise they will be murdered. Yeah. How does that, how are they gonna serve their lord? They're never gonna serve their lord, because their lord is a madman. It Secondly, the lord who just died presumably was just as good as his son, right? The, the chap who died immediately preceding the opening credits. Yeah. So why would they be afraid of the lord? The peasants, I mean. Federico and Giuliano, they should be in rival towns or in rival, like, fiefdoms. Yeah. They shouldn't be in the same place. They seem like they're just next-door neighbours Yet plotting against each, or one is plotting against the other, pretty much out in the open. Yeah. that doesn't work for me. Fast forward to the end, we're gonna get the Doge of Venice, the some, well, the Duke of Milan, the someone of somewhere, and the someone of somewhere. All the most important uh, political power, like powerhouses of Italy, will come to this one shithole somewhere <laughs> with its hay-bearing uh, lake it was, <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> they would never do that why would all of these political power like uh, authorities why would they all move en masse to the same place for no reason like just to welcome one new duke who would be a they, rival of
1: theirs they'd do the most uh, the most awesome masks ever
0: It might as well be a bingo hall. (laughs) It is the worst party. There are five people in attendance. We never get to see any of the dignitaries. We never get to see the scientists. By the way, why would the dignitaries... The dignitaries are there to... or They're allegedly coming to celebrate and welcome the son of the the now dead duke into their stratum of society. Congratulations and welcome to the duke level. Giuliano.
1: Yes, here's the special champagne that we all drink. <laughs>
0: exactly. Here's the cham- champagne that the peasants don't even <laughs> know about. <laughs> and, but at the same time, all these scientists are going to be there. Yeah. Because Mandragora doesn't care about the Doge of Venice or the Duke of Milan. He cares about killing Da Vinci et al., right?
1: Yes, I, d- I don't really know what, so, what is meant to- Well, the only thing I know, which I didn't know before this serial, uh-huh. is I thought... The mask was a masquerade ball okay i thought it was an abbreviation of a masquerade ball yeah but it's apparently a different thing it's a it's a it's a show
0: yeah i had to look this up yeah
1: so it's so the people wearing the mask do a performance almost by sounds of it i think Have have i interpreted this correctly i think i
0: think so yeah yeah it's like a, a so some they, form of entertainment hosted by a, a dignitary
1: yeah, yeah so so when they were also when they were in the show talking about this mask, I was assuming all these dignitaries and the scientists were going to turn up in their masks and do a dance which would seem that seemed really weird because I'm pretty sure Giuliano talks about how good the mask is or something I, I, I don't know if it is meant to be implied, but these people literally have come across Italy to see this particular mask And performance. it's just like a
0: really lame sausage fest.
1: Yeah. and There's one
0: dude who do, does backflips.
1: I don't think I even saw that. I think I was so bored. It's oh, just it's like, just like... <laughs> yeah, there's one dude oh, who does backflips,
0: and then possibly the same dude. It's a jester. He uh, He's a fire eater.
1: Yeah. And entertaining stuff.
0: <laughs> yes. uh, my only note for the party is, it turns out I hate jesters as, mu- as much as I hate clowns. No, they're basically the same thing. I hate jesters. <laughs> just... Absolute garbage. I'm a little disappointed actually that we didn't get to see the dignitaries. Yeah, well, and you're right. They've been bigging up this party like crazy, and what we get to see is almost like a it, maybe a dress rehearsal in the tiny room, like in the antechamber to the the body's actually next door. Yeah, and it's kind of a double
1: whammy as well because it's it's a we don't get to see the things that they've been talking about. Yeah, which is a bit of a letdown for the audience. Uh-huh. But it's b this cult. Their, their purpose, in in the short term at least, is to kill these people. Yeah. We see them invade the party adjacent, and they they take a load of people. They kill a load of people. Yeah. Take a load of people. That looks like the culmination of their efforts. Yeah.
0: And they've missed the My note right after my jester comment. So whom did they kill? Yeah. Whom did they kill? I don't know. Did they kill not Leonardo. Because they kill... Almost, not quite, but almost everyone in the room, except for our protagonists.
1: I think, I think actually, to be fair, they they kill about half the room and then decide to take a load of them down to the catacombs. There, there are quite a few bystanders actually that are still.
0: Wait, I missed that they take around. a whole bunch of people to the catacombs. I thought they only took the doctor.
1: I think foreground, we've got the doctor and Sarah Jane and uh-huh. Giuliano I think there's there's three or four people just stood milling around in the background. What? Yeah, and this is my note. Is like. Why aren't they just killing everyone? Why? They've literally just zapped a load of people with no effort. Like, literally, clicking yeah. the fingers, people are dead. They kill everyone. Why have they not just wiped out that entire room and moved next door to the one they actually <laughs> care about?
0: <laughs> to kill them, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah,
1: just, right. yeah, and then they go, they go down and obviously Doc's plan is put into motion and
0: they're all dead. <laughs> yeah. I think the ending is very rushed yeah. of this serial. Yeah exemplified by the party we've just talked about, the mask, but also in the execution of the Doctor's plan. So we get teeny tiny hints of the Doctor wanting to counteract the electricity yeah. element of the, the helix, or so the, the the helix energy. And he basically just says, I need part of a suit of armor and I want some wire. Yeah. See him setting up some stuff in, in the temple, but then he just electrocutes people or he just he melts they try to zap and it backfires on them in some way cut to it's now over i want a salami yeah we never get an explanation of why this wire works how this wire works um there's never like oh i need to do this oh i need to set up the this trap oh no there's an obstacle to me setting up the trap he's just snuck into the temple He's set up his wire and then he's playing with a yo-yo and from that point on he has already won because the wires are in place. The next time they go to pray in that temple, they will all die.
1: Yeah, but he's, he's somehow seen that there is a further stage where the Mandragora is going to bespoke a load of energy. All of the acolytes yeah. are going to be around the altar, and
0: energy is going to flow into them. Yeah, why this altar? There's really no need for this altar whatsoever. No. Okay, here's another question for you. When Giuliano asks the doctor, should I go ahead with this mask? It seems a bit risky. The doc says, I love a good knees up. You absolutely have to do this because you have to entertain your guests. Yes, do it. That seems purposeful. But the only thing he accomplishes in in having this mask be, you know, gone through with is that half of the people in that room are killed.
1: Yeah. I think maybe maybe I didn't understand or maybe it's not fully explained what happens when they take them all back down to the catacombs. Because I don't
0: it, even remember seeing them taking them back down to the catacombs, dude. <laughs> but everyone
1: ends up in the catacombs where the doctor does his his um Okay,
0: but what happens flip, afterwards? Flip around. Okay, so what happens after he's electrocuted all the monks? What happens with the people in the catacombs? Do they just go, "Oh, guess we're safe now."
1: I guess so. <laughs> Do, <laughs> Do we get, get to see go, that? Great party, Julian. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fooled us again. Oh, man, that was great. Can't wait till next year.
1: It's quite possible they're not actually in the catacomb scene. But I, I am 90% certain there okay. are a load of people just stood around in the, the in the dance area. <laughs>
0: Who are not killed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you might be right about that. Okay.
1: But, yeah, cause so we... so we well, am liking get... this serial a little bit less now. Because <laughs> Doc lays the trap. Hieronymus attacks him. Mm-hmm. Doc gets protected by his armor. And presumably... I don't know, he, Is he, he really, earthed though?
0: himself somehow with it How?
1: So he's, he's channeled the energy through the armor I don't
0: Oh, you think maybe he's taken the wire it f- from the armor into the ground?
1: It's the only thing that would kind of make sense he's tried I... to, He tried to channel it away I, I feel, feel like he would need some insulation Between himself say, and the armor
0: exa- I was going to say, yeah, it's not like painted in, Like there's not rubber between him and the yeah. metal
1: but otherwise, it's just it's just Time Lord being superior stuff again. Jiggery pokery, yeah. And but and also his he,
0: line is in fact, Time Lords don't die that easily.
1: Yeah, but I aren't killed. I took that as a bluff because otherwise, why is he wearing the armor? The armor doesn't make any sense otherwise. Well, I, th- I think
0: this difficult. is part of the rushed ending. I think like, oh well, we it, it, they shoot what looks like electricity. Uh, everyone in the audience knows. Metal conducts electricity. Great. Let's just have him play around with some metal. We don't have to explain it. They'll fill in the blanks.
1: Well, yeah. The way I took it was the armor protected him because he grounded it. Okay. We don't really see it happen, but he's got wire. He's got some armor. Giving him the benefit of doubt. Yeah. And he made a circuit around the altar. So it wasn't when they when they all got energy. It wasn't one of them getting the amount of energy they needed. They were all getting the energy all at once. Okay. And so they all died. That's, that's how I interpreted it. And okay. I don't think there's enough information to really explain it. I think you're right. It's a bit weak and rushed.
0: Yeah. Okay. For, for an ending that's so incredibly rushed, I think there are a couple of, well, a few parts of the, the serial leading up to that ending where we get huge swathes of silent video. Because there are huge parts that are just ritual or just riding you know, uh-huh. that sort of thing. And they could have maybe made use of that time, made better use of that time to found what the doctor's plan might eventually turn out to be. What is the kryptonite of this helix energy? You know, the, yeah. why would a wire help against it? This isn't just electricity. It turns bodies into these, this weird blue mush, which is, Freaking horrendous for a child to see, by the way. If kids in the 70s saw that, saw dead bodies with, like, their faces replaced with a blue... Crystalline type thing, I kind of thought. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Either way, like, scary as balls. It's not just electricity, there's something else there. So why would a wire work? How do you defeat this thing? And also,
1: we've literally seen this as a disembodied ball of energy. Yeah. Floating around the screen, zapping people. Yeah, why, if, if it's coming down to go into the Acolytes, yeah. and it doesn't go into the Acolytes because they all get killed, why doesn't it just stay as a ball of energy and go around and zap everyone? Yeah, yeah. Like, this, sh- this should not be the end of the Helix. This should be the Mandra- Mandragora. This, this should be the end of the Acolytes. It shouldn't be
0: yeah, if anything, game over. Yeah, exactly. If anything, the Helix or the Mandragora Helix thingy might now go, oh, crap, I no longer have a flesh pod to inhabit. It's just me now. Which it was doing quite well at. Exactly. people. It, it killed the hay farmer. Yeah. <laughs> Very well. Um, and a soldier. A soldier and I think that's someone it. else? No, no. I think that just might be it tea. Giuliano and Marco then like re in a super weird way somehow get a hold of the dead soldier's body and just keep it in Giuliano's bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> like that is super weird stuff. Yeah. No, that bet. soldier <laughs> has like Th- there's a widow out there in San Martino <laughs> right now who's just going like, I want to see my blue mosh husband. Please well, let me bury my blue mosh husband. Would you also not be thinking kind of oh, this might
1: be some disease thing? Do, do we
0: understand yes, disease? Wait, this time yes, frame you're literally? absolutely right. Yeah. Maybe like stop touching this body. <laughs> this is not okay.
1: But, yeah, it, it, but again, back to the big plot thing. Like, yeah. We're not given a reason why this ball of energy can't stay a ball of energy and just go around electrocuting people. That's true. Like this, this mask is going to happen. All these dignitaries are going to come to it. Yeah. All the scientists are going to come to it.
0: Nessie's going to be in the Thames.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, So why doesn't Nessie just pop up and eat them? Like, why doesn't the is ball it? of energy just go into there and just electrocute everyone? Okay. Like, this, it's just this convoluted plot of oh, I've got to inhabit this human, who and who's gonna kind of work his way into places, and literally all he does is sneak into the room with other humans. It's like this ball of energy could have done that.
0: There is a wait. There's a line of the helixes to Hieronymus. In the very beginning, when he inhabits Hieronymus to a certain degree, when when he selects Hieronymus as his numero uno chap, yeah, okay, he goes, only you may stand here. If anyone else stands in this spot, they will be annihilated. Like they will, they will be killed.
1: Yeah, and that that was such a Chekhov's light, which yeah,
0: didn't go off or did it? Or did it? Did the doctor with his wiry thingy? Did he somehow? force everyone to stand in that s- spot. No, because I think that was a temporary warning because later
1: on, Hieronymus when, when all the acolytes get turned into people that can electrocute other people yeah. he takes them one by one and pulls their hands into the light and oh. they smoke a bit but they get the power. They don't die, they get the power. So it, it seems to be just a temporary thing. Like You're right. Whilst I'm sorting some shit out, don't let anyone else into my room, okay? Yeah, yeah you're right.
0: That's exa- <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is.
1: But yeah, you know, I, I thought that was going to be a massive plot thing. I I thought someone was going to accidentally walk into that beam and just get obliterated.
0: There's one other acolyte who stayed behind. Do you remember when all the uh. acolytes leave and one guy stayed behind? And I thought he was like, "Oh, that dude's j- envious. He wants the power. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't want Hieronymus to be the chosen one. He wants to be the chosen one." And I thought he would stand in the light, and it would be too much for him. He would be like, "It would be the end of Raiders," you know he just melt. melt yeah. <laughs> but you're right.
1: Because he's the dude, actually, who captures Sarah Jane or something. Like I'm, I'm sure there's a... I think so, yeah. the, f- the first point where Sarah Jane gets captured, I thought he was the priest. I thought he was, like, the leader of this cult. And then... Because he's, yeah. he's the one we see. Like, there are, there are other people in the, the background. He's the one that's talking. Yeah. I think he's got a medallion. He does have a
0: medallion. I think many of them have medallions, though, Yeah, to be fair but, but, I d- I d- but then no dice, home slice Because then the chap in purple shows up yeah. And that's Hieronymus, yeah
1: Yeah, but I, I was totally thinking that was the leader And then and then purple dude rocks up And I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting
0: I think that dude is He is the Rossini to Hieronymus's Federico Yeah, but I don't think he even has a name No, I know, he's just old dude <laughs> He's old, old dude who's been passed up for a promotion.
1: Like, why? Why was that even a thing? Why was that character there? Like, (laughs) that
0: could have been Hieronymus. You're right. But I genuinely think that they were setting him up to stab Hieronymus in the back. Because he then just disappears from the place. Yeah, like- he's not there towards the end, I think in a previous version of the serial of the script anyway that that guy had a bigger part, and his part was to try to usurp the throne of hero of Hieronymus a because double why- Hamlet <laughs> because why else would you show him stay behind and like lurking behind like you know behind a pillar or whatever it is? You would only do that to establish that he has an ulterior motive, but then he doesn't
1: no. Because actually, is, is Hieronymus even there when they're sacrificing Sarah Jane? Or is that just all Black Road people? It might just remember. be the
0: Black Monks. Yeah. I'm not sure. Did you like the Doctor saving her? Just sliding sliding her t- up. <laughs> uh, also, similar yes to... Yes and no. <laughs> it, It's similar to the rescue when the Doctor is taken by the, the sister of Khan, isn't it? Yes. They're like dancing around him. Yeah. And... Is it that he just walks out of there? No, it's the reverse. Sarah Jane shows up, just unties his bonds, and then they just walk away, and they don't notice. Yeah. And this is the exact same thing, but in reverse. He walks up, unties her. They don't notice. Yep. It's it's, it's
1: funny when when people are in literally encircling you. Yeah. <laughs> that you can you can sneak in, like uh, it's circle.
0: You know, <laughs> where every angle is covered. Uh, wait. I mean, you can like, just there are no in. angles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that there's. Fast forward to the ending, there's another circle of dudes. This is right before the electrocution of all of the monks. Yeah. What's-his-face Hieronymus turns out to actually be the doctor. He does. How did that work? What happened to Hieronymus? Wait, oh, the doctor undi- Wait, 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 wait. There are two electrocutions. Electrocution number two is the one where the doctor pauses as Hieronymus and kills all of the poor monks. All well, of those... Not so
1: poor as we established earlier.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, they're terrible people. But from their point of view, they're just like, hey, I'm just a monk. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> just, just doing a job monk Every about. now and then, I want to sacrifice a civilian. <laughs> 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 no, I, no, I mean, yeah, it, right before he kills all of the monks, he has also had a face-off with Hieronymus. Yes. This is the Time Lords Don't Die So Easily scene. Yes. What happens to Hieronymus? I think the
1: implication is that... He's dead. The Doctor has somehow got the better of him. Which so maybe the armor wasn't a go, going to ground thing. Maybe eventually it struck it in the right way and it bounced off. But yeah, uh, how else is the Doctor in that situation exactly. if, if he hasn't killed Hieronymus?
0: So he yeah, so he killed Hieronymus, and presumably the Helix energy that was inhabiting Hieronymus takes Hieronymus's clothes. The monks, the other acolytes, they still have their own hand energy. Yeah, and that hand energy is enough to kill everyone, or is the helix energy still there?
1: The helix energy is apparently still there. Like it, where at this point it seems that it didn't give it all up. Basically, I, I, I can only interpret this scene that horonos has been turned into a light, light bulb, light bulb face. Yeah, and the acolytes haven't. There's a bit of helix energy still floating around that, for some reason. Now they've done the job it wanted them to do Is going to give all the acolytes Nightball heads Which is what that setup is meant to be It's, it's them going around the altar Whilst there are still people stood there Waiting to be killed Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He says gesturing to the side <laughs> Like they're literally just waiting there Just kill them Kill them Then do your reward stuff You haven't finished the job yet Just kill them <laughs> But yeah, I can only assume that the the, the light, the tunnel of light is still, it's still got some energy left to give up, which is, which is what happens. And then the doctor is forcing that to happen in a way that kills everyone. Okay. I don't know. It's bollocks. No, this this ending is just bollocks.
0: (laughs) It is bollocks.
1: Well, I'm coming around to your side of things. (laughs) (laughs) I did, I did like the doctor having a bit of fun with his dramatic voice though.
0: He's overdubbed, right? He's overdubbed by the actor who plays Hieronymus, I think.
1: Is he actually when when he stood there just going on about salami?
0: I assume so, yeah, because uh. his mouth is moving. It seems out of sync, but I don't know if that's because they've put some sort of audio effect on him or if he's actually being dubbed. But uh, I I wrote down Doc's overdubbing with with the intention of asking you if you agreed. <laughs> uh. I may very well be wrong. I I
1: I generally just thought it was Tom Maker doing a. Doing a voice. Very dramatic. Voice. Salami sandwich. Voice.
0: I mean, the salami is... I, I'm glad that he got a salami. Yeah. But wouldn't it have been better if he got a sandwich? Some nice ciabatta. <laughs> and the, no, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm wondering, actually, if
1: it's too early for a sandwich. They had bread. Well, yeah, but would he have invented the sandwich?
0: <laughs> <laughs> invented the sandwich. <laughs> I like
1: that. Okay, there are... There are a couple of other beefs I have with this, by the way.
0: Okay. Oh, I'm finding more beefs in my notes as well. Okay, go ahead.
1: But there's one as more more of a question, but it might be a beef. Okay, which we've we've hinted at as a pin, which we need to come back to. But I just want to quickly go into it's kind of a nice scene. The doctor's sat there with a telescope, and he wants. Um, I have a astro- beef with that as well. Astrolave or a sextant? I forget. Forget which way around it is. Uh, astrolabe. Astrolave. And he's he's basically trying to work out. I don't know what. I it, it seems like he's using astronomy. Astro- yeah. uh, sorry, astrology. I don't know. He's he's using astronomy.
0: He's using astronomy. He's using astronomy to counteract astrology, or kind of. Yes, astrology is bullshit. Astrology. Anyone in podcast land believes in that stuff, but But yeah, just stop it. Anyway, he uses the like the least efficient.
1: I mean, why why doesn't he go back to Patras? Why why doesn't he get some other equipment? Like it's nice that he uses their equipment. It's kind of. I kind of like the scene,
0: the setting of the scene. I kind of like that idea, but it's I think it would I think it would have been salvaged if he had said listen with given how relatively speaking primitive this equipment is I can't give you a very accurate reading but it is roughly then and then instead he says it's 43 minutes and eight seconds past nine Ooh, yeah what and also it says past nine that Mandragora will swallow the moon yeah which 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 is we don't even get a hint of so so the idea is there's a lunar eclipse why would he refer to that as mandragora will swallow the moon that sounds like something that someone who doesn't know what a lunar eclipse is might refer to it as see i i interpreted that slightly differently i
1: interpreted that as him paraphrasing it as a lunar eclipse but really
0: mandragora was going to eat the moon Wait what? <laughs> wait well, at this po- Wait, wait, wait. Rewind. <laughs> Explain this to me. Mandrager is gonna eat the moon. Well, why not? It's a. It's, it's a dragon energy. egg. It's, it's a dragon e- egg. He's gonna make a freaking omelette. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just zap it and go. Mmm, mm, scrambled eggs. Yeah, lovely. Okay, but like, it's it's a energy entity from outer space. Yeah. Why wouldn't it eat the moon? Why wouldn't it eat the moon versus inhabit some shitty human? Yeah, well, and, and a, go from a very very low level up. That's a much
0: th- that that's a really really good question. Why w- why would it try to take over the Earth when all it has to do is kill mankind?
1: Yeah, I like I d- I don't really understand its motivation. Like, if it wants to wipe out mankind, I'm pretty sure it has of avenues.
0: Yeah, go back <laughs> further in time and, like, point your lightning bolt at the sludge, the primordial exactly. sludge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: So, yeah, at, at this point, I was I was trying to salvage it, I think, in my mind. It's just like, oh, cool, it's gonna eat the moon. Well, like, Steaks have risen a bit. Great. I, I'm not quite sure why this soothsayer guy is still here pretending to be a god,
0: but, yeah, cool. Go eat the moon. Okay, I, I have uh, another related beef.
1: Okay. Beef.
0: Giuliano says... At one point, he says to his buddy, Marco, Hey, Marco, check this out. I heard that there's this dude who invented a gadget whereby with little bits of glass in front of each other, you can see the moon as though it were the size of your fist. Or something like that. Like, as close to you as your fist is to your eye. Yeah. Oh, no, says Marco. That's crazy talk. That sort of invention doesn't exist. Meanwhile, on his windowsill is a freaking <laughs> telescope. I had not paid attention to that
1: conversation.
0: I mean, like, one or two episodes later, the doctor uses Giuliano's telescope uh, yeah. <laughs> to look at the moon. <laughs> is this the conversation where they? he's
1: saying, oh, and some people think that the Earth is rotating around stuff, and he, you know, he gets a bit cut off, but he's basically implying this is the, the discovery that the Earth goes around the yeah. sun versus... Yeah. Up to that point, everyone thought the sun went
0: round the earth. So, my, I did not look this up and my history is not is a little rusty. When was Galileo? I'm Probably about this time. It's maybe. Galileo he's referring to, right? Yeah. I, I feel yeah. like... Galileo, nope. born 1564, died 1642. Okay, so we're out by 100 years. When was Copernicus? It's Copernicus. So so Copernicus, Renaissance era mathematician and astronomer who formulated a model of the universe that placed the sun rather than the Earth at the center of the universe. Uh, that's okay. who it is. But why would he be surprised by this when he has all the freaking equipment at hand that that pissed me off
1: yeah that's i don't I don't know. I don't remember that conversation well enough to really contribute. Shall we swing back to a little thing you pinned a long time ago?: The language language Yes, please. Take us away. So I I wrote this down as a big question mark. It's like, holy crap, is this is this the first time Sarah Jane's ever questioned that she can talk to aliens? I think so, yeah. And everything. But then it's, it is thrown back when the Doctor says, this is how I knew that you were under the influence of something because you've never questioned that before. You've just kind of gone along with it. But then subverts so it again and says, oh, but because the TARDIS is basically translating for you. It's like she literally has never asked this question. And then he was surprised... That she was asking this question, which made him think that it wasn't her, yeah. but then she hadn't asked the question, so he felt like she should know. I don't know. It was, just, it
0: was just a really weird kind of setup. Yeah, I agree. I choose to view this not as an argument against the translation in Matrix, but as an argument for this being very poorly written. <laughs> You're right. That the motivation of the doctors for noticing that she is under the influence of uh, Hieronymus makes no sense whatsoever because otherwise like is it that has she become more intuitive and more intelligent thanks to having been having like gone under into trance yeah or just questioning things or i don't know yeah that's really well not as adventurous i expected you to always be pliable (laughs) and easily manipulated yeah no i agree that makes no sense I think you're right. I think this is the first time that that has come up in conversation in, in Classic Who. It has never been brought up before. Yeah. You this know is the first episode of a new series, by the way, of a new season. Yes, this is true. We know that you mentioned that. So there may have been a little break during which people are going, like at the BBC, they're going, oh, wait, hang on. So what it, we're already revamping the TARDIS. What else is it that we've never addressed? Well, I mean, he can talk to bugs and to French people. So <laughs> how do you explain that?
1: It's been explained presumably in
0: the past, has it? I don't think so. No, this is actually the first time. I think this is the first time. I'm sorry hey. if I'm misremembering. Maybe I am misremembering. But, but he doesn't say that it's a machine. I don't remember him saying, oh, this is a feature of the TARDIS. I remember him saying, it's, like, it's a secret of the Time Lords that I've chosen to share with you.
1: Oh, I thought he said something about the TARDIS's influence.
0: Oh, really? oh TARDIS's influence.
1: Ah. I, I possibly could have just been thinking, oh, this is what he's saying, because that's what I expected. It's what my note is, though.
0: Okay, no, well, I haven't made a note at all. So you're probably right, then. Very interesting, okay.
1: But you know what's, what I find quite interesting as attempting to put yourself into Sarah Jane's shoes. Yeah. Like, you're, you're thrown in. Like, you're meeting... A Sontaran, for example. Or what else do we get? The the bug monsters and the space station and, you know. Yeah, or I,
0: Renaissance Italy.
1: Well, I say, like, those, those kind of alien things. I think, I feel like there's enough shock factor. You maybe don't question that you can understand this creature.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying, yeah.
1: Like, there's just sort of like, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yes, you're very alien to me.
0: You've clearly learned English because you're so sophisticated that you've learned my language rather than I've learned your language.
1: Yeah, either you actually intellectually figure it out that way or you just blindly just kind of go, I don't know what the fuck's going on here. I don't care. I just want to stay alive and figure out this situation. Makes sense. I think, bizarrely, if you come across an Italian or a Spaniard or, or someone and you can understand them, because that's so real to you, that's so everyday experience, you would kind of click and go, Wait, holy what? shit, what? I can understand you. How do you, you. speak English? Yeah. yeah.
0: Where did you learn English? <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: especially in the 15th century. Yeah. So I, I kind of feel like it, it is a good point to mention it. And I, I'm kind of annoyed a little bit that it's used as a plot point rather than just a, a nice way of getting an idea out there of how Time Lord slash the TARDIS operates depending on which one is the explanation.
0: Yeah. My only real reaction to this was how similar it is to when it's been brought up in New Who. I mean, rather the other way around, that when it's been brought up in New Who, it is almost, you know, step by step, a rehash of this one scene from a Tom Baker serial. Oh my goodness, wait, you're not speaking Latin? Wait, I'm speaking Latin? You know, that sort of thing. We've seen that in tons of things. I feel like we saw that very recently in a new who serial that we reviewed. It's not that I can remember. Maybe in a in, in a Yes, yeah, quite possible. Actually. Yeah. So th- there are beat for beat, this is the formula, and this is where that formula was established.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. I quite like that. Yeah.
0: Okay, uh, I have a bit of trivia that, that touches upon that. I'll just read this straight off. Oh, I don't know if this is IMDb or TARDIS Wiki. Um, the scripts went through many rewrites, which might also account for some of the other things we've talked yeah. about today. Uh, Late additions to this episode included the subplot in which Sarah is hypnotically ordered to kill the Doctor, and the Doctor's explanation that Sarah Jane's ability to understand foreign and alien languages is a Time Lord gift he allows her to share. Oh, okay. Working titles for this story included Catacombs of Death, Doom of Destiny, What uh, Secret of the Labyrinth, and The Curse of Mandragora. Mandragora, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I i don't know. I kind of like the Catacombs one, but. Catacombs of Death. Doom of Destiny is terrible. Yeah. Doom of Destiny. <laughs> Followed closely by Destiny of Doom. <laughs> uh, Secret of the Labyrinth is Crab. Curse of Mandra- Mandragora. It's okay, I guess.
1: Yeah, I, I think they probably got, got it kind of right. I don't know.
0: Holy moly, still looking at trivia, there is a sequel to this in audio format. Which is not mentioned on TARDIS Wikia, but, so this must be from IMDb, an episode of the CBBC spin-off series, The Sarah Jane Adventures, entitled Secrets of the Stars, Part 1, was originally intended to be a sequel to Mask of Mandragora, Mandragora, but, most likely because of Big Finish Audio's already existing sequel, the references to Mandragora were all eliminated. There is an audiobook sequel to this. We don't have to write it, Jim. (laughs)
1: does that mean do you think the sarah jane adventures one you could watch it and think well that is
0: that's mandragora mandragora but, but, they, but they just don't name they it they just that. called it something else yeah space flush <laughs> okay otherwise the only thing really that i was gonna ask you about is uh, well i was gonna ask how you felt about the cliffhangers but if there's anything else you want to talk about before no okay part one they're both Shit. gonna die <laughs> okay <laughs> part two
1: Oh, what is this one? Uh-huh. Sarah
0: Jane has the same cliffhanger all over again. She gets captured again <laughs> by um old guy who gets passed up for a promotion. Yeah. Doc, I don't remember.
1: I think that Doc is just wandering off to.
0: Oh, he's being helixed,
1: is what I've written. Oh, is he being Sarah helix-
0: Jane gets the same cliffhanger again. Doc, meanwhile, is being helixed. Yeah.
1: That's and my the, note the from- Count, this is where the Count is being attacked. Sorry, the, 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 the Juliana is being attacked by the Count's guards. Oh, yes, you're right. So that one was okay It was like kind of Before things had really Started getting bad I think Okay I'm sorry Episode one Literally (laughs) mid-swing No Nah Like if they'd done it Three seconds earlier It's fine Like (laughs) the Doctor Is in a situation You're thinking How's he gonna get out of this Mid-swing You can't have the Doctor Avengers stand up And go Oh hang on a minute I want to look pretty Before I die No
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have to confess I kind of like that (laughs) Like I, I like the way the way the doctor gets out of it. Okay, but not that it was mid swing. Yeah, no, I understand. Okay, no, <laughs> that, that's that's fair criticism. Part three: the only thing I've written down is Hieronymus is a light body. And Hieronymus
1: has turned into pure energy and electrocutes the count. Of oh, a count gets killed.
0: Oh, yours is way more on point.
1: <laughs> so and yeah, and and all the brethren have got smoky hands. Yeah, <laughs> smoky hands. <laughs> so that, again, that's a nice one. It's like something important has happened. Yes.
0: How, however, are we going to continue this? And it doesn't have to be a, a sword is launched at the doctor's throat. Someone's no. falling off a literal cliff. It doesn't have to be anything like that. Yeah. It is just... Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. What about the ending of the serial itself? <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's super duper abrupt. He gets a salami and then... This was all for naught because in 500 years, which means nothing to us because we travel through time, this will all happen again. Yeah, yeah. pointless. Completely
1: if, pointless. In like... Why isn't that a... That could be the big... Like, if they thought this was a, a worthwhile foe... Yeah. Well, like, why, why isn't the next one, like, Mandrager part two? Yeah. Like, we go 500 years in the future, and Mandrager is at it again.
0: Maybe that was going to be a plan B. Not necessarily the, the episode right after this, but maybe the idea was, well, let's see how well this does with the audience, and if it does well, then let's revisit it. It didn't do well. They didn't. Yeah, possible. Big Finish did it, <laughs> and maybe did it super well. Yeah,
1: maybe, maybe, probably. Yeah. So what have we got? We got two out, two out of three. Actually, weren't bad.
0: That's not bad, dude. Yeah. Okay.
1: Just one really terrible one, and, and this is. But <laughs> this is the episode that is the first episode in a new series. Yeah.
0: Y- yeah, I agree. Do you think maybe it's just contrasted too sharply with the with the previous series? The lo- I mean the the season itself not just the last serial. The last season was incredible. Yeah. Like episode after episode was just oh, pure gold. You take a little break, you come back trying too hard doesn't really work out.
1: Yeah, I think maybe.
0: Should we rate this? Let's do that. And now it is time to rate this. Did we love or hate this? Bing bong bing bong hey la 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 la. Ratings.
1: Yeah, so I didn't really enjoy this one. Mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I don't, I don't really know what else to say <laughs> other than what I've <laughs> said. So I'm going to bullet point what I've said already, I think. Okay. I definitely felt like there was a bait and switch with the the spaciness, And then we just get a historical thing, which maybe no one else cared about. But it got to me and I didn't let it go. I did, however, think that the effects, the production level was pretty high in this. It was clear that they had obviously started the, the series with a bit of a bang, I think. They they threw a lot of things. Like, like you said, we didn't even need to see the space thing at the start. We didn't need to see the, the Helix. I'm glad we did, because mm. it did look nice. I think Tom Baker also was pretty much on form. I don't think it was possibly, you know, as iconic a performance as, say, the last one we did of Caesar Doom, where it's a bit more he's getting to be fun as well as intelligent and as well as alien, that kind of thing. This was more just intelligent and alien. There wasn't quite so much fun, I think. But it was still a good performance, and I think I enjoyed it. All right. Sarah Jane. Oh my god! Oh no! Why d- like I have nothing against Sarah Jane and Elizabeth Sladen in her performance, but why was she? Why was she written this way? Like she's basically not in this serial, as as far as I'm concerned. She's she's an object to be rescued in a few points, and she's barely with the Doctor. They and they have wonderful chemistry, the two of them, and which we've we've seen not as much as we should have seen, but we've seen it before. We've seen how good they can be together, and we get very little of that here. And I think that's always gonna be a negative like put these two together they work well together sarah jane has a lot of agency she's a investigative reporter like she can go off and do her own thing she doesn't have to get captured every five seconds
0: that's very true
1: and that's what happens in the serial and it's, it's a real negative point for me and to be honest i don't think i'd picked up on how bad the ending was until we picked it up, <laughs> up. but oh my god the ending is terrible and like there are there are obvious script rights rewrites going on where we we've establish that there are characters that are underdeveloped or just disappear so i think i kind of have to accept that there, there are some interesting things going on there's some good production stuff so i'm not going to just slate it entirely but it has to sit in the lowest levels of a two out of five
0: i just wrote down 2.0 for you <laughs> i just predicted that well done i am hieronymus <laughs> <laughs> You're not dramatic enough. No, no one yeah. <laughs> That's a very, very strong and convincing set of arguments that you've just presented. Okay, here are the bullet points that I wrote down for this. So, agreed. Excellent production value. And in this, I include the beautifully naff space helix and the, i want to call it coincidentally gorgeous Renaissance Italy sets and <laughs> costumes that they, I mean, Port Meron is there. That's the location shoots and the costumes they nicked from another production. But they're gorgeous. I'm glad that they did. I've written down brilliant acting and brilliant overacting. True. Because where it's overacted, it did not great on me at all. I was very pleased that Hieronymus, for example, was portrayed the way that he was. Mandragora, Mandragora, as a villain, is absolute pants. (laughs) However, Mandragora's henchmen... Hieronymus, uh, Federico, and, to a lesser extent, Rossini, they're excellent bad guys in their own right. Uh, Giuliano and Marco are a lovely pair. We've already talked about them. Oh, so- what a lovely pair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: they're so sympathetic. They're so... I don't want to say relatable, because they are the ones who are enlightened here, and it may, may seem a little arrogant to say, well, it's so relatable, <laughs> the two enlightened chaps. But they're so nice and and good-natured and clever. So, I mean, Juliana in particular, obviously. Doc and Sarah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. When they are together, they are perfect. And in my opinion, they are also perfect when they are together in this particular serial, but they are not together enough. And when they are apart... The Doctor does not get to be... He doesn't get to go full Tom Baker. Some of his wonkiness is almost taken for granted here. In previous serials, he is mid-Tom Baker monologue when he puts his feet on a table and whatever. Here, they just put a yo-yo in his hand and they they expect you to just deduce what's going on in his head from that. Because you know how wonky he is. That's taking him for granted. And Sarah Jane, uh, yeah, I agree with you. Damsel in distress. She didn't get to do any of the cool stuff that she otherwise has gotten to do in recent serials. The plot makes no sense whatsoever. Thank you for highlighting this for me. (laughs) Nor does the doc's counterplot. I'd say this was cobbled together at the last minute, but really it reeks of too many cooks. Uh, I fear slash hope that the sense may have been left behind on the cutting room floor. So I was going to give this something in the high threes. Ooh. Then we started talking about it. Now, almost two hours later, I'm giving this 2.2. Oh. Oh, I had 2.5. Oh. <laughs> wow,
1: you, you went really low. Yeah, 2.2. I'm sorry, dude. I feel like uh, I
0: contributed to. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you for opening my eyes to this. <laughs> <laughs> this no now let's hear from Land. Max 250, or it would get out of hand. Shamalama ding dong. And we have. Uh, more than a handful of mini-reviews for this one Thank you so much any- everyone who sent something in Before we jump in and uh, read out those mini-reviews Because I gave my word as our gentleman And because we had, just after we pressed record Or pressed stop on the last uh, recording Received a completely new reviewer mini-review That was for Seeds of Doom That was from Doc Nick Davies Hello Dr. Davies Hello, Dr. Davies. (laughs) As promised, here is the new reviewer theme. (coughs) New reviewer. Welcome aboard, Dr. Nick. Come Come.
1: join us for more merriment. (laughs) But we will move on. We will. We have actual reviews to read out this
0: time. Starting with one we're going to be trimming. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's true. (laughs) This one comes from Paul Forber. Paul. Hello, Paul. You know the rules. Hello, Paul. How are you doing? But you do know the rules. You do know the rules. 250 words or bust, and you sent in a little bit more than that. So we're just reading the end of this one. That's right. Uh, But please do go to whobackone.com and read this in its full splendor, because Paul has provided an epic synopsis of this serial. Paul says... Do you want to start this one off? Okay.
1: Doctor Who stories in which something amiss in history must be fixed work well, says Paul. The Mask of Mandragora showcased the BBC's costume wardrobe and employed wonderfully weird but simple special effects. The cult kidnapped Sarah Jane to sacrifice
0: and menaced her throughout the story. The Doctor was responsible for Mandragora, having brought it to Earth and needed to determine its agenda while fleeing Federico and fighting Hieronymus. Though anticlimactic... The solid, entertaining story built tension wonderfully through the long odds against the Doctor and the stakes being humanity's ambition to learn. That's I, a lovely way of uh, summarising it. I think Paul liked it. I think so too. Paul has not provided a, provided a numerical value for said liking, but if I had to guess... Mm. In the threes somewhere? 3.4? 3. 3.4. You know what? That sounds like it's got Paul Forbert written all over it. Nice one. <laughs> Thank you so much, Paul. Peeps who are not Paul, read his review on whoback1.com and high-five Paul on Twitter. He can be found at wordsmithpaul. Thank you, Paul. Next up, we've got Peter Zunich. The Zunmeister, hello. <laughs> hello, Peter. Peter starts.
1: While I admit that I enjoyed this story more in my most recent watch than in the past, I can't bring myself to say it's an amazing serial. <laughs> if you give it your full concentration, you'll be okay. If you're tired, however... This one will likely put you right to sleep.
0: The dialogue is very dense, and if you blink, you'll miss many an important line. In contrast, the action is somewhat sparse and never approaches anything climactic. The same is true for most other elements of the production, the exceptions being the locations, which are gorgeous, and the costumes, which are exquisite. This production has some subtle yet notable
1: continuity and style points of interest Mm. The Doctor never gets to meet Leonardo Yet in City of Death, they are old friends That is true It's also rare that we start with heavy sci-fi elements And end with a story that's basically a fantasy Rare and should not ever be done again (laughs) (laughs) Finally, we have a tale where the Doctor is the direct cause of his own predicament a rare theme in the past, but one that becomes a major focus for future Doctors.
0: Not sure why, continues Peter, but I always get this one confused with Image of the Fendal. Maybe because, stylistically, they're very similar, and one could almost be a sequel of the other. However, it could just as likely be because the names are similar. Anyway, it's time for my secret pagan worship ceremony. I'll just grab my ornate gold mask and leave the story with a 2.3. 2.3. Two points. Very, very nice. An Thank you, Peter. Excellent rating. <laughs> Thanks so much, Peter. Now, Peter is not on Twitter, but please go to whobackwen.com and check out Peter's magnificent series of uh, audio who, fan audio who, I should say, reviews uh, on the blog, on the Who Back When blog. They are awesome. And in fact, Peter even reviewed uh, Operation Pandorica. A little fan Audio Who production uh, of some merit, I believe, Jim. What do you think? Oh, I think it was, it was certainly close to our hearts. <laughs> right. Thank you so much, Peter. Next up, we've got Trenton Bliss. Hi, hey, Trenton. Hello, Trenton. Trenton starts. To kick off season 14, we got the mask of Mandragora. Mandragora. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it, but I suppose we'll need more than that.
1: Yes, we will, Trenton. But Trenton continues, so it's okay. I felt like I was saying, poor Sarah Jane, quite a bit here. Poor Sarah was put through the ring here, nearly being sacrificed, hypnotised to kill the Doctor, and the poor girl ran all over, getting captured and freed again and again. So, poor Sarah
0: Jane. The Doctor was brilliant. Tom Baker was brilliant. I mean, when isn't he? From sword fights, to masked balls, to even a disguise or two, Tom is brilliant yet again. And the salami sandwich line is a classic line. The period
1: stuff I thought was handled well, and has indeed aged well, considering this was made over 40 years ago. Sorry, just letting that sink in a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Lewis Mark's knowledge on the Renaissance is put to work here to craft Italy at the time. Definitely well done.
0: Perhaps the only feeble note is the representation of the Helix, a vortex of vomit swirling down a loo. (laughs) It leads to a void decorated with bath salts. Its fireballs work better and leave behind turquoise charred corpses. But did no one spot parallels between Mandragora and the intelligence from the 1960s Yeti stories? It took me a minute to see it, but the Helix is basically a discount great intelligence. Uh, yeah.
1: It's <laughs> yeah. very true. And are all these things just TARDISES? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, overall, says Trenton, The Mask of Mandragora was done very well. Its pseudo historical feel is well done, and I appreciate the attention to detail. Though the villain does drag the story down a bit, I'll give this story
0: mm, 3.6 out of 5 salami sandwiches. Ooh. All right. All right. Very good. Thank you very much, Trenton. Dearest Podcast Land, you may do yourselves a favour and follow Trenton online. He can be found at TrentonBless. That's blessed with two watts, Jim. Strengths through the air, not in a Z fashion, in just a,
1: a sort of sleepy, snaky, <laughs> snaky fashion. With your sword. <laughs>
0: to clarify things. Yes. Next up, <laughs> we've that got... Was the worst one, yeah. <laughs> that was great, I love it. Next one is from Michael Ridgway. Ridgway. Hello, Michael. Hey there, Michael. Love you, Michael. Things I liked, says Michael. Hieronymus's beard. A haunting score. You can no more tell the stars than you can tell my chamber pot. Yes, very good line. The Doctor Kung Fu kicking someone in the face. Ooh, I missed that. First question mark reference to the TARDIS translation Babelfish? Mm. I think so. Yes,
1: Michael did have some boofs, however. (laughs) The Mandragola Helix. It has maybe two freaky moments, but it's fairly limited as a baddie. Mm. As a villain, it cannot compete with a 20-foot killer vegetable. <laughs> why was it so super dumb at the end? I thought it was all-seeing, at least in the temple. Why did it not see
0: the Doctor steal her his clothes? Was it taking a coffee break? <laughs> Next beef is, Why were we robbed of seeing the rampaging monks zapping villagers? That sounded cool. Yeah, and another
1: boof. Why didn't the bats with droppings twice the size of a man materialize? (laughs) Sadly, it will be another 10 series before the seventh doctor doctor battles giant bats in misunderstood masterpiece Time and the
0: Rani. 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 Yeah, but that might be another Akartan. Rani. (laughs) Thanks for inviting me to the ball, Smashing. Sure, apart from the people that were horribly fried to death, Sarah, but no worries, glad you had a good time. (laughs) (laughs) And he gives this a rating of
1: Così Così, which in real terms is a 1.7 out of 5 fried green presents at the (laughs) Whistle Stop Cafe San Martino. (laughs) Wonderful stuff. <laughs>
0: That's really, really good. That last bit about Sarah has really got me going. Uh, yeah, brilliant stuff. Thank you so much, Michael. People who are not Michael, please follow Michael on Twitter. Michael B can be found at bad underscore movie underscore club. No more underscore. <laughs> Next up, we've got Chris taps Paddock. Hello,
1: Chris Tapps. Hello, Chris Tapps starts. I wasn't going to write in about this, but fortuitously caught a few episodes on Pluto TV. Ooh. Look it up, he says. And was so captured by nostalgia, I had to rate this. This is one of a few late 70s Renaissance Who episodes, and while it borrows a lot from the daemons, this is roughly the era where the BBC was filling the complete works of Shakespeare, and it
0: shows. The atmosphere they produce is rich, the sets are phenomenal, the attempts at grand dialogue are decent, and the script is rife with great little lines, especially between the Doctor and Sarah. It's not brilliant, but it's very solid and rewatchable. And he gives this... 3.7. Wow. Holy moly. (laughs) Nice one, Christophs. Excellent stuff. Lovely, thank you. Right. Okay, just a super duper quick Google reveals that Pluto TV launches a Doctor Who classic free channel in the US. So if you are in the US, also please Google this (laughs) and you can watch it for free. On that note, I would quite like to mention that previously read Peter Zunich emailed us to say that all of Classic Doctor Who is now streaming for free, so if you don't have access to Pluto TV for whatever reason, go to wegotthiscovered.com slash tv slash Classic Doctor Streaming Free. Seriously? Yeah. Everyone can watch Doctor Who for free. Thank you so much Peter, and thank you very much Chris Stapps. Pluto TV. Thank you Chris Well, Last happening? up is Paul Waring. Hello there Paul. Paul starts some of the best Doctor Who stories have a historical setting with a sprinkling of science fiction on top, and Mask of Mandragora, Mandragora, damn it, <laughs> is a prime example of how this mix can work. Even the TARDIS interior gets a historical tweak through the secondary control room, which I think is the better of the two. Mm. Mm. The Doctor Sarah relationship really
1: shines in this story, continues Paul. And I love the way Sarah can tell how serious the situation is by the declining quality of the Doctor's jokes. (laughs) That was a nice line, actually. Yeah, it was. The Count is also a wonderful villain, more threatening than the Mandragora helix in the first three episodes, Mm. and with such a lust for power that he is prepared to take the risk of ordering soldiers to cut down the Duke in broad daylight. Every time he (laughs) encounters a problem, pun fully intended, zing! He finds a way to twist it to his advantage, and is only near the end where he finally meets his entirely deserved demise.
0: The only minor niggle in this story is that Giuliano doesn't strike me as being tough enough to rule a 15th century duchy, as he seems lost whenever a decision is needed, and the count runs rings around him. Oh, I think I disagree.
1: Anyway, overall, Paul says, another great story from the best two-person TARDIS team. It's not quite as good as Pyramids of Mars, but it's pretty damn close. Ooh. <gasps> so expectations are set. It's a 4.5 out of five oh. from Paul. Oh, oh my goodness. That's brilliant. The... Thank you so much. We finished the roller coaster ride right at the top. <laughs> We're never coming down again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're gonna stay up here. Forever. <laughs> Thank you so much, Paul. Excellent stuff. I believe Paul can be found on Twitter He is at P-Waring So next up, we will have a new Who Yes, we will And it's going to be a As I recall, a really, really good one Journey to the Center of the TARDIS Ooh, exciting And after that, we have another classic The Hand of Fear
1: That's right Wait, should that be the
0: Hand of Fear yeah, I believe it's the hand of fear. No, oh, I, see. I I can't a carton fear. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, Podcast Land. Until the next time, please say hello to us on Twitter. Jim, you are? Jimmy the Who. Jimmy the What? No, Jimmy the Who. That's right. And I am at Ponkin. Who knows why? <laughs> 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 you do, you weird freak. <laughs> Until the next time, please be rad and excellent to each other. Thank you again. Rock on and cha ciao. Bye-bye for now. See you later. <laughs> Have fun, everyone. Kablammo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends. But I've got no friends. No problemo. Tell some strangers. Hey like us on Facebook that's facebook.com slash who back when all in one word are you into Twitter awesome high five us online and we'll high five you right back you guessed it we're at who back when all in one word check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube that's who back slash YouTube vote us up on Reddit listen to us on Stitcher and head on over to our website who back where you can submit a review of your own browse the article archives and peruse our visual index of aliens monsters